Hello, welcome to the show. It's episode 18. I'm Ben Maudsley, and sitting across from me with a smirk on his face is, you guessed it, it's David Wetnall. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm um, okay, yeah. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good. What have you been up to? Nothing. You're Good. Nothing. <laughs> well, a few weeks ago we watched The Masters, though, didn't we? We did, I. We enjoyed it. Aye. It was... Um, it was good to have JV back in the comedy box. Don't you think? Yeah. It makes it a difference. Uh, yeah, it really does. Um, to the enjoyment. But uh, Dennis Taylor, he was promoted to Master of Ceremonies. Yeah, I, I think that'll be his one time as Master of Ceremonies. He made an absolute hash of it, didn't he? Dropped a couple of clan gods. He, uh, he introduced Mark Allen as Mark Williams. Yeah. And then he got in the comedy box and called Steve Davis Cliff. <laughs> he's, he's like losing his mind. But, uh, yeah, he's a bit, I was just glad he'd put to bed his uh, DDK catchphrase. Oh, the dreaded DDK. Well, that's it. He forgot what all the D's meant. Yeah, because he, he was saying the, dread, the dreaded DDK, which is the DDDK. The dread, Dennis's dreaded. I imagine DDK. all the other commentators. He did. I saw hate it and told them to stop it. I saw Ken, uh, Ken Doherty had tweeted, like, oh, yeah. this is ridiculous. I think. With catchphrases, they've got to grow organically. Yeah. You can't force it. So, like, John Virgo's Where's the Cue Ball Going? He's just saying that to add to the drama. Yeah. Where's the cue ball going? And people just picked up on it, didn't they? Yeah, and people got into it. In fact, that his catchphrase, like, Where's the cue ball going? Uh, he try. He, he obviously says that when the ball's going close to the pocket. I was watching the Masters, and uh, I think it was Judd Trump. And he absolutely walloped a, uh, a shot, and the red, the white flew around the table, and was fly, looked like it was going to fly into the middle pocket. And he didn't have time to get his full catchphrase in, so he just went, "Cue ball, cue ball, cue ball." He's probably doing a crossword or something. He's yeah. locked up. Cue ball. <laughs> He's got another catchphrase though, uh, John Virgo. Has he? It's the lesser spotted one, which is "There's always a gap." Oh yeah. I think he's trying to force that in. But like throughout his career, he's had absolutely tons. Like yeah. on the say good night, JV. Say good night, JV. Put as many balls as you can. Put as many balls. As... Yeah, I mean he is kind of Mr. Catchphrase, isn't he? I've been reading his autobiography as well. Oh yeah. And uh, there's some funny stories in that. Like what? Do you remember we did a feature on Willie Fawn's crew, which is dead funny. Oh yeah, like handbags, Barry, and all that. <laughs> well, John Burgo had a crew as well. Yeah. With equally funny names. <laughs> if I can just remember them off the top of my head, there was yeah. um, Joe Soap. <laughs> Hawaiian Eye, mm. Side of the Mouth Sid, uh, <laughs> Bronchial Tony, and his brother Dickie Jest. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Did they grow up in like a very sooty environment or something? Bronchial oh, Tony yeah, yeah. and Dickie Jest. Dickie Jest, yeah. <clears throat> but, I was just thinking, like, maybe there wasn't as much entertainment around in the 70s, and like giving people nicknames was like a form of entertainment. Yeah, well, I mean, like you were saying about you can't force a cat's phrase, it sounds like some of those nicknames are a bit forced. Yeah, yeah. Joseph, side of the mouth Sid. There's no one who's going to, like, be referred to all the time as what? side of the mouth Sid. Hawaiian Eye. Hawaiian Eye. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Scottish fella. <laughs> it's our way and I. It's our way and I. Yeah. Scottish fella who loved a pineapple on a pizza. <laughs> but Do you want a Hawaii and I? <laughs> but um, towards the end of the book, um, he's sort of down on his luck and then he gets the, his big break in, big break. <gasps> and he becomes a bit of a celebrity <clears throat> and it sort of turns his life around. And sort of all the things that come with being a celebrity is invited onto shows and stuff. And he's invited on to Noel's house party. Ah, okay. Um, and they gotcha him. 
I think I remember this. Yeah. Now, actually, for our American listeners, I'll explain what that is. It's just like a prank, yeah. like a celebrity prank show. It's like punked. Yeah, like punk. Punk from the nineties. Yeah, yeah. So they Britain. put a celebrity in like a stupid scenario and film yeah. it. So he was, uh, he was told basically that he was gonna release a single with Right Said Fred. Okay. And it was gonna coming out at Christmas. So it was like a revamp of I'm, I'm Too Sexy. Yeah. Um, and I'll just read the extract from the books. It's really funny. A big break led to a host of opportunities I wouldn't have otherwise have had. It was strange becoming a TV personality in my own right. Noel Edmonds successfully did me with a gotcha. The ruse was that the band Wright said Fred wanted to record a new version of their famous hit I'm Too Sexy with me. The manager had convinced me it was serious and I was going to be a big Christmas hit. I had to sing the line, I'm too sexy with my beard on, I'm too sexy for Ray Reardon. (laughs) 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 It was all a big wind-up, but I didn't mind. It was great for my profile. (laughs) Too sexy with me beard on. Too sexy for Ray Reardon. But, yeah, uh, when he says Noel Edmonds successfully did me with a gotcha, yeah. does it sound like he shoved it up his arse? Noel Edmonds <laughs> is so mad now. Like, you hear stories about yeah. him in the press. He's just so odd. He's lost, hasn't he? He's, he set up a, uh, like a, a telephone line for, for pets <clears throat> yeah. to help them, like, spiritual uh, enlightenment. Yeah. Didn't he try and sue somebody for, like, millions and millions? Uh, well, Lloyd's... Bank, he tried to sue because he, lo- he lost quite a lot of money in the financial crash. Yeah, and he he spent years like campaigning about it, and now he set up a radio station, which is like an it's called like an anti Lloyd's radio station where he plays songs about money and stuff, and then talks about all his losses. Does he still do Deal or No Deal? I think it's finished, doesn't it? Has it? But I've read loads of mad stuff about him. Apparently, gets followed around by two melon-sized spiritual energy balls. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. His wife is quite busty. <laughs> Might said Fred. That. <laughs> yeah. Sharing a mic. <laughs> but um, but like I just keep hearing stuff about him and thinking, wow, he really has lost it. Yeah. Like what's happened to him? He's lost it. I think he was always him. mad. We probably. just didn't know about it. It's probably one of those things like like back in the day. I think we just put up with him because they thought he had to. <laughs> But going back to the Masters, yeah, um, I like the Masters. I like the Masters. <laughs> I think I put the UK above the Masters in terms of the three biggies. In terms of like the the, the three triple crowns. Yeah, three triple crowns. <laughs> All three. That's nine. Just four. because I think the Masters tends to have like one player dominant dominates throughout yeah. the tournament, and it's not as close in the final. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to check that. I just feel like that's what it's been like. The, the final in this Masters was good. Was a great match. Though, well, I was going to say it was like, good. I think because it was two players who'd never won yeah. a triple crown. Yeah, yeah. So it added to the drama, and mm-hmm. like you could tell, like Kyron at the end was just yeah, emotion pouring out of him. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want, isn't it? Like it was. I thought it was a good match to watch as well. Like the oh yeah, it's great. Um, but I think it just shows you, you know, the emotion, like him crying and stuff. It's like it's not. It's not about. Winning or losing, is it? It's just like you're so you're under so much pressure for so, yeah. for so many hours. It's yeah. almost like a release, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Like, it's just I don't know. It's, it must be so hard to keep yourself so yeah, focused. like focused. Yeah. For that length of time. Yeah. But it was good. Because I always I always think like the gap between like the sessions in a final. That must be horrific. Like you play you play the first session and then you go and you know you've got like what four hours just to try and do what like you, mm. you don't want to you don't want to forget about it because you need to stay focused but you need to relax 
I think you would have to just try and relax and just try and sleep or something. Yeah. But I know if it was me, it's just I'd just be like. I think you, you know, an experienced player, absolutely no problem at all. But for yeah. players like them too, who would, you know, and they both want it so much. Yeah, yeah. it'd be, be difficult to relax. Yeah. But um, Judd Trump was interviewed during the Masters, mm. and he said um, he was talking about the uh, class of '92, and he was saying over the next few seasons they're going to drop off, mm. and it's going to open it up for like the, all these players coming through. Mm. And then he went into the German Masters and got beat by Mark Williams six one, and Mark Williams went on to win it. So. There's no signs of them dropping off, is there? No, not at the moment. Um, and like, Ronnie always says in interviews, like they'll them three will be playing until their fifties and sixties. But they'll just keep going. Yeah, but I mean, could you be bothered practicing? No, maybe they can, yeah. but it's like I mean, Stephen Hendry just retired, didn't he? Like he didn't. He mm. could have carried on playing, and he probably would have still been playing at a really high standard. He just yeah. kind of couldn't be bothered anymore. Well, Ronnie's always dead scathing about the quality coming through. Yeah. Um, and I just think. The quality is amazing. They just mm. haven't had the experience on television. As soon as they get that, they'll be just as good. Yeah. And like that's all it comes down to. I think the standards <clears throat> amazing. Like, mm. like top thirty two is great, really good. I think there's there's a lot of it goes quite deep into the into the rankings where the the, the standard is. And it all just comes down to like they need experience on TV. Yeah. Like, I suppose that's why you see in like the in the small tournaments mm. throughout the season, you see like a lot of winners, people sort of. Popping up and winning things which you wouldn't expect, but then when it comes back to the three main ones, it's the usual suspects who usually win because obviously there's a bigger crowd, it's on TV, there's more of that kind of pressure, yeah. and they can handle it better. That's why the shootout is good in yeah. some respects because you can see like these really low ranked players, it, how much it means to them to win yeah. a match on television. Yeah, like yeah, I was watching like Hamza Akbar and he was actually squealing, just like yeah, squealing. Yeah, he's like wee. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you can tell, it means a lot to them, and you know, even Fancy McGill last year to win it and make you know thirty two thousand pounds. Yeah, it means a lot more than that amount of money because he got into the Champion of Champions. Yeah, he got into the Masters. He, he got the into the points you get for it. Yeah. He qualified for the Crucible, in, you know, yeah. automatically. It's probably worth about two hundred grand for. Him. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean that was a point that I was when I was watching the day. Uh, one of the commentators made it's like this is a good way for some of the lower ranked players just to get some money in the bank. Yeah, yeah. Because they go round the, the world, go into tournaments, yeah, yeah. and they turn up, get knocked out on the first round, yeah. and it's cost them more to get there than they're getting back in prize money. So they need something like this where it's a bit more, a bit more open, where they can actually get some money in the bank and allow them to stay on the tour. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mind it. Like, I, I don't mind. I think it's quite entertaining. But what the crowds do, my head. Oh God! Because what we said before about forcing catchphrases and stuff. Last night they were ones. they were completely sozzled the whole of the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I see what they're trying to do. Like they make it like the atmosphere a bit like the darts and stuff it's where it's terrible, rowdy, but it's just I don't think it lends itself to snooker. Like you no. can be more sort of rowdy, mm. but that sort of calling out and having catchphrases and stuff just does matter. You can tell though that like in terms of the whole of the crowd, there's like patches of drunk people. Yeah, who, who are, are just, just shouting out, shouting any old shit and yeah. trying to get chance going, and it kind of like echoes around a bit. Yeah. That's it. It's the sound it of like a few people shouting yeah. in a big room. It, it just, just sounds terrible. And it just makes the atmosphere just seem yeah. really, really sort of naff and like uh, cheap. I think it seems really <laughs> naff when the when the uh, MC introduces it and goes, "We are live in Watford." I just yeah. think you don't want to advertise that fact. <laughs> just say we're live. <laughs> So yeah, um, we spoke a bit about Dennis Taylor and his MCing, mm. and it was 
bit of a car crash. But it wasn't quite as bad as this guy. And this is from the Riga Masters, like a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think it was the final, and he's introducing Tom Ford first, and then he's introducing Barry Hawkins. Mm. So this is him introducing uh, Tom Ford. This is a bit weird. Yeah. But uh, just wait till he introduces Barry Hawkins. <laughs> it's just complete nonsense. Are you, ladies and gentlemen, and spectators by the TV, ready for the most important game of this tournament? Are you ready for the final game of Riga Grand Prix? We can hear you! So, dear fans, please, fasten your seatbelts, and we are ready. And here he is, the first finalist. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Tom Ford! Come on, come on, come on, you came to it louder, ladies and gentlemen! Give the applause and welcome our first panelist, Tom Ford! He's ready for the battle! He's ready for the champion's title! All the good luck to you, Tom! So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's a bit over the top. You can maybe excuse, a bit. You can maybe excuse him for being a bit enthusiastic. Yeah. It's probably his first time. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and spectators by the TV. But this is inexcusable, this next bit. So he's, interview, he's introduced Tom Ford. Now he's going to introduce Bowie Hawkins. Now, I don't know where he got this research from, but listen, listen to this. <laughs> and now, professional snooker player already for the 19 years. He comes from the Ditton, Kent, the winner of Australian Goldfields Open 2012, the winner of the Player Championship Grand Final 2014. He is good only not in the snooker. So if you are looking for the member in your music band and you need some good drummer, you need to know one is available. But tonight he's ready for the battle in the big final, ladies and gentlemen. Beware, somewhere is the Hulk. <laughs> Mr. Barry Hopkins! He's ready to hunt! He's ready to catch his victim here in Riga! In Arena Riga in the big final of Kaspersky Lab Riga Open 2015! And he only wants to collect one more champion title in his champion vest. All the best. <laughs> I like the way he says, in his champion vest, all the best. <laughs> in his cha- Here's the hawk, he is ready to catch his victim. And if you need drama in your band, you need to know one is available. That's so weird. It's fucking brilliant. I think you confused him with, like, um... The guys out of the darkness, aren't they called Hawkins? Uh, <laughs> Justin Hawkins. He's got his research wrong there, hasn't he? You got your research terribly wrong. Um, in his vest, all the best. <laughs> in your vest, all the best. From the West. No, I, I think that guy should do the MC for the whole snooker tour. Yeah. He's brilliant. I think he's on something. 
I like it when he goes, it sounds like he's going to say, Mr. Barry, instead of Mr. Barry Hawkins, he goes, Mr. Barry Hawkins. He is in his vest, all the best. <laughs> Here he is in his lucky vest, all the best. Coming straight out of the West. He wears it on his chest. It's Fred West. <laughs> If you can come down to the crucible and watch snooker, you will feel so prolonged. And you can say, I was there, I did, and I don't even like snooker. So it's time for Venue Vitriol. Now, on the last episode, we moved from the Blackpool Tower Circus to another citadel of hate, <laughs> which is the Norbert Castle Hotel. Oh, yeah. And it's we've checked in and we're staying, because... It's, it's swir- There's a lot of vitriol flowing it's about. It's a swirling soup of fag ends and foist. A wash with it. <laughs> Dust. and, um, But yeah, there's a lot of vitriol flowing. There's just pages and pages on the internet. Uh, I've got f- three or four here. <laughs> three or four pages? <laughs> well, three or four uh, comments. Um, I'd actually go for that one at the bottom. The short one first. Okay then. The old cell is dirty, and when I say dirty, I mean vile. The kettle was lime-scaled up, and we only had one cup. The swimming pool chlorine was so strong, my eyes were burning. The sausages at breakfast had bone in it. <laughs> dirty nappy! Dirty nappy! Two pound a pair. <laughs> the kettle was lime-scaled up, and we only had one cup. <laughs> That's great. Sausage with a bone in it. Sausage with a bone in it. What could that be? Um, it's a rib, isn't it? It's a spare rib. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sausage is at breakfast. Add bone in it. Do you want to do another one in a different accent? Bone. Um, as soon as we got into the car park, the sign of the hotel was no longer there. Only what was left of it. To be honest, it didn't even say hotel. I believe the exact word on the facade was hoel. <laughs> However, we were still excited to see what was in the inside. We went in and set aside that terrible smell at the entrance. They gave us our key to the room. The room, I must say, size-wise, it was just as expected and not very small. With a dirty restroom, but a big one. <laughs> there was no heat. When my son touched the radiator, he touched a cigarette and an old chewing gum at the same time. <laughs> Got three hands. It's quite a feat, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, look, Mum. <laughs> I'm touching a cigarette, an old chewing gum, and the radiator. The same time. Exactly the same time. <laughs> they believe the exact word on the facade was, Well... <laughs> there was no heat. Do you want to do another one in a different accent? Okay. After checking in and making way to the room, there is an overwhelming smell of dust throughout the hotel. Carpets ripped, dirty walls dirty. Oh, no, sorry. Dirty walls, dirty windows, fire doors not shutting correctly. Entered room. Oh, my God, I've never been in a hotel in such mess. Table was covered in dust and sticky residue. The two chairs were dirty, could not sit on them. The windows had not been cleaned, covered in dirt and bird excrement. The inside of windows were just as dirty. The window sill was covered in dust, dead flies, the neck curtains were dirty, smelly, and the wardrobe was wonky. 
The bathroom, well, unhygienic and health hazard that will be reported to Environmental Health on Monday. There was actually other people's skid marks on the toilet pan. It had not been cleaned. There was pubic hair in bath and overwhelming smell of urine and ammonia. <laughs> there was pubic hair in bath. There was pubic hair in bath. Listen, <laughs> pal, I didn't book this. <laughs> I didn't pay for this to have skid marks in the pan and pubic hair in bath. I'm not having it. It'll be reported to the Environmental Health on Monday. <laughs> Dead flies. The net curtains were dirty, smelly, and the wardrobe was wonky. Oh, dear. Oh, babe. <clears throat> uh, Is that all of them? I need another accent for a new. Um, posh old man. Posh old man. <laughs> Suppose to check in for 1pm after watering 30 mins, was told room wasn't ready till 3.30, so went to bar to kill time. Awfully damp smelling coal. My wife went to toilet and there was used sanitary towels and overflowing bins, urine all over the floor. We knew we had made a huge mistake on entering the room. We were met by the stench of damp. A cigarette smoke... Toilet paper stuffed round window frames, sticky carpets. Television looked like it had been in a children's playpen. Mold all over shower, blood on walls. Totally disgusting. Tried to get another hotel, but was trapped. Due to it being bank holiday weekend. To be honest, place needs flattened and shoved into the sea. Worst hotel I have ever seen, and took my card payment with a straight place. <laughs> There's so many funny bits in that, I don't, know, I don't know where to start. There's so many typos. What, what was that bit, my dirty sweaty wife or something? <laughs> <laughs> he said, um, <laughs> we, went, <laughs> we went to bar to kill time, awful damn smelling hole, my wife. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> what was the oonest? Smelling hole, my wife. <laughs> That's a great one, man. Oh, there's so many. It's like, he starts off, and it's kind of, the spell of mistakes, but it's legible almost. Yes. It's like, as he's getting towards the end of it, he's getting so angry that he just... <laughs> Back he's, the keyboard. He's stopped caring what he's typed. And he's put... Tried to get another hotel, but was trapped due to it being bank holiday weekend. To be honest, place needs flattened and shoved into the sea. Worst hotel I've ever seen. And took my car pain with a straight place. That supposed to be straight face. Yeah, with it, but he spelled it S-T-R-A-T-E. Yes. Straight. Place. <laughs> Instead of face. Shoved. <laughs> shoved into the sea. <laughs> to be honest, O N I S T. Oh well. Place needs flattened and shoved into the sea worst hotel I've seen and then took my card with a straight place. I'm in quite intrigued to the sort of depravity of this place. Maybe we should actually go and visit it. Oh. Do like a road trip. <clears throat> I wouldn't I wouldn't advise it unless you want to be met by the stench of a damp cigarette smoke. <laughs> Toilet paper stuffed around the window frame. <laughs> Sticky carpets. This is a weird line as well. He says Television looked like it had been in a children's playpen. That's weird. What does that mean? Well used. Well used by children in a playpen. Speaking of um, speaking of children's playpens, yes. um, my girlfriend's sister. Girlfriend's uh, sister. Yes. Yes. My girlfriend's sister. Yeah. Snooker wife's sister. Yeah. Um, she like 
she got a phrase wrong mm-hmm. in a really funny way. Yes. You know, when you say if someone wants to give you like a a number and you want it to be about right, like an estimate number. Yes. You, should, you say, give me a ballpark figure. And yeah. she said, oh, just give me a ball pool figure. <laughs> <laughs> How many, said, how many balls in that said, ball you know, pool? I want to be in the right ball pool. <laughs> That's great. It's not that funny. A ball it? pool figure would be like well over the estimate, wouldn't it? Well, it would be like, guess how many balls are in the pool. Exactly. You always get it wrong. It would be really out. I want to make sure I'm in the right ball pool. Should we do the Conor Langdon Mo Memorial competition? Mo Memorial? Memorial. Memorial? Do you want to shout his name? Conor Langdon! Okay. Now, on the last episode, we asked if anybody was listening from overseas. Yes. And to get into contact with us. Have we had an overwhelming response? Yes, two people. Whelming. But they're both from America. Mm. Which was quite interesting because yeah. it's not wildly known in America, is it, Snooker? No, but we are. We are. So, do you want to read out the two bits of correspondence? Okay. I think actually one of them is from New York, but you can just do them both in New... To be honest, um, you, I mean, when you do an American accent, you don't really know where... No, it's just off the telly, you know? Yeah. But, um... Do your worst. Hey! It's <laughs> <laughs> a good start. I'll have to try again. <clears throat> Dear Ben and Dave, great fan of the podcast from across the pond. I wanted to get in my answer officially since I don't think Twitter message counts. The episode 17 contest has to be old nugs himself, Steve Davis. Seemed easy, but I guess it don't matter much to now since there is no prize. Maybe you could offer up cans of Bisto as a prize. Also, did you ever reveal the answer from episode 14? Sounds like he's saying living too soon. I have no idea. Ray Reardon? Best Alex. Yeah. Now he's, is that the bottom one? That's the top one. Oh, that's the top one. Yeah. Okay. I think he's from New York. New York. No, Alex from New York. <laughs> hey, I'm a streetwise kid from New York. I think it's Ray Reardon. And then the other guy who emailed in. Ben and Dave, hello. Is it Willie Thorne? <laughs> I got into the podcast from running across a vid of yours on YouTube. I got into snooker a couple of years ago after reading a long-form article about O'Sullivan. I've always been a fan of Q-sports and play pool when I can. I never understood the rules of snooker before, and when I finally did, I became a bit obsessed. I watch a crap ton of it on YouTube now! Haven't been able to play yet, though, because there are no tables in my area. I enjoy the silliness of the show. Wish you guys did it more often. Cheers. Matt Hoffman, Fort Myers, Florida, USA. Um, I'm... I, I watch a crap ton of it on YouTube now! <laughs> I think that is great, though, that people are listening in America. Yeah. Genuine, genuinely yeah, great. Yeah, I think that really is great. And Matt and Alex, you are our treasured friends. Um, I think, though, there must be a lot of things within this podcast that probably they don't get, like, don't understand. Like, references yeah. that we make to, like... Um, I think old, that's true for a lot of people, though. Old British sitcoms yeah. and sort of quite niche snooker stuff. Yeah, that's but, true for a lot of people who we know. Also, nowadays. like a lot of the accents we do have certain kind of stereotypes yes. and connotations, and yes. you know, yeah, I suppose. You, if you would, would you get that if you were listening from abroad, I don't know. No, probably not. It just sounds a bit. Probably just sounds a bit daft. Because I like, wonder if they can really tell when we're putting on accents, or if it all just sounds the same. 
they'd definitely be able to tell. Do you think? But I mean, like I say, like a West Country accent has a sort of right. a, like a bit of a naive kind of like. Uh, Sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah, basically, and then. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, interesting to find out. Matt, Alex, you are the only people who can tell us. Yes. Let us know. Um, should we do the competition then? This is the little clip. If anybody knows what it is, you can email us and tell us who it is and have a little chat. Here we go. That's it. <laughs> any, any ideas? <laughs> I've got a clue. Um, is that really it? Play it again. Play it again. <laughs> there you go. I'd be amazed if anyone gets that. Yeah. What kind of lang on, mate? Got a lang on! Did he um, enter the last one? We, did, he did, didn't. did anyone enter it? He doesn't always enter it. Did anyone enter? Uh, oh, well, apart did, from those two. Those two. So, But I mean, there's no t shirt now, so you, you just enter him for fun. Rash. No. <laughs> Whoever whoever stuck for a feature on the podcast, there is one man who we turn to, and that is the great WT. Ah, uh, yes. And I spotted him on this TV show, was sort of YouTubing Willie Falk, and he was on this TV show like a few years back, and it's called Who's Doing the Dishes. <laughs> so what it is, is like a celebrity will cook for a group of people. Right. And each dish has like clues to who the celebrity might be, and they've got to try and guess. Okay. And there'll be like things around the house as well. Yeah. So it's like a bit so like in the celebrity's house. Yeah, they yeah. Have it. yeah. So it's a bit like a sort of poor man's. Um, come down with me. Well, through the keyhole. I was thinking. Oh right, okay, yeah. It's like a cross thing. Come down. Yeah, yeah. Through the keyhole. It's really, it's really crap show, like. But obviously, I had to watch it. Mm. Um, <laughs> we should call it "Come Through My Keyhole." <laughs> <laughs> David, it's over to you. But um, so I'll just play you a few clips. After each dish, they have a guess. Yeah, and like some of the guesses are just hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, this is the first clip. Still thinking Bill, Bill Oddie. Uh, any more names, guys? <laughs> the one I don't think, yeah, I'm stumped completely. I don't yeah. think the furry fox was enough to give me any indication. At this rate, I won't be doing the dishes. <laughs> so that was the first dish. They don't know who it is. So they serve up another dish. Yeah. And they have a, another guess. Here we go. Painful, isn't it? What about Bear Grylls? But then again, I don't think we would have had something so nice. We probably think Bear Grylls. We'd have a point away if it was Bear Grylls because that's what he had in dinner drinking yeah so no no oh, it's so hard yeah really struggling tonight I won't be doing the dishes that's not looking good <laughs> that's funny isn't it <laughs> <laughs> the end, when he goes I won't be doing the dishes I wish it was Bear Grylls serve a pint of... if it was Bear Grylls he'd be serving up a pint of wee five pints of wee and a, a load of dung another round of wee <laughs> plate of dung <laughs> So, you ready for the next clip? <laughs> now they start getting onto it now. Okay. Because he served them uh, 15 red tomatoes, a breadstick, and a boiled egg. <laughs> it starts to become a bit more apparent. <laughs> Wouldn't be a snooker jacket, would it? Snooker? Oh. Wouldn't be a, a snooker player doesn't wear a jacket like that, do they? Do they wear waistcoats, don't they? Just big, massive yeah. dickies. <laughs> massive dickies? <laughs> It is with his massive dicky. And then finally, they actually guess who it is. So here we go. Right, so how was dessert? Very, very nice. nice. Very nice. Talking about the clue. We think it may now be a snooker player yeah. from okay. the last clue. Like Stephen Hendry. No, I thought of Willie. Dennis Taylor. I was thinking Willie. Willie Thistle or Willie somebody. Okay. Willie Thistle. 
Fizzle. <laughs> I was thinking Willy with his big dicky. I was thinking Willy Fizzle. <laughs> Willy Fizzle. <laughs> That's so good. Willy Fizzle. Willy Fizzle and the pint of wee. Oh, would we be having a pint of wee, wouldn't we? In a place Snooker of... players wear big dickies, don't they? With a vest and a big dicky, all the best. <laughs> <laughs> so in other sporting news deviating from the snooker have you been watching any of the Winter Olympics that's just started uh, a little bit I saw a little bit on BBC before oh yeah what annoyed me was it was like the is it the, called the luge or the skeleton were they were they feet first or head first the head first the skeleton skeleton yeah and I just thought it's just so ridiculous people just going as fast as they can down at the bottom track it just looks so weird you know and I was just thinking you know there's people having to use food banks in this country and there's also people getting paid to do that <laughs> it's just like it doesn't seem right does it yeah because I mean the cost the cost I mean, to make those tracks I've never thought of it that way but yeah the cost to make a, those tracks must be millions the, the car, yeah. there must only be like a handful of people who are eligible to you know yeah, make a, a living deal. out of it and it is just sliding, isn't it? It's just sliding downhill. Also, you think, you know, if you take a run up, it'd just be the fa- fattest person who, who would go, go faster. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the fattest person because the fattest person would have bigger, like, air resistance. Yeah. What you need is the densest person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get someone that was, like, really very dense. That's how they uh, pick them. They just x-ray people. Yeah. <laughs> you get the densest person you can. And they'll be the fastest. Yeah, but that's my only really... It's a bit of a... I mean, any sport you could say that about. Yeah. You know, but I do feel that some sports provide a lot more entertainment than, yeah. than once a year. You watch somebody who's the fastest sliding person I in mean, the world. I mean, there's some sports which are kind of like... I mean, you could... Yeah, you're right. You could argue that all sport is kind of irrelevant, but some sports are easier to get into. You need yes. less, less equipment. Like, if you want to play football... It's accessible. All you need is a football and some goals. If you want to go luging, okay, you've got to buy yourself a luge, and then you've got to find a bloody ice track. I would argue that you'd have to be highly privileged as well. Yeah. Because you'd have to do it from a young age. Yeah. Choose to do it. You you know, you need a lot of money. You need to live near a luge track. (laughs) Yeah. You're hard to come by in like sub-Saharan Africa. It's not really fair, is it? No. I think you'd probably just be born into it. What? Onto a luge? (laughs) (laughs) Straight out the fanny onto a luge. (laughs) You can have a water berth or a luge berth. Yeah. Going on one of those boards is the fastest way to do it. Probably. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you're pretty low to the ground. I mean, the bob stays faster, isn't it, because it's heavier? It will, yeah, I suppose. But, I mean, like, if you didn't have the board, do you think you'd go faster? Nah. Like, just like a bit of plastic on your ass. <laughs> like one of those spades. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. If you just sat on a plastic bag. You know what? It's really quick. I saw this once. Um, this is kind of like urban luge, I'd say. Urban luge. Um, so, one year, a couple of years ago, it had snowed. We went up onto a hill. Um, to, like, in near... Uh, out Wigan Way yeah. to do like because there's a good hill there which when it's snow you can go down like quite fast so everyone's up there with like sledges we're messing around and then I seen this gang of scallies go past on a um, there's about six of them sitting on the window out of a bus stop and they were <laughs> absolutely flying that's like, the key exactly if you get six of you on one of those perspex panes from a bus stop honestly they were so quick I've never seen anything fast it was just a blur <laughs> So uh, I've still got my book of emergency questions, so I'm going to ask you some random questions. Okay. You can either be one of the five players, Robbo, Dottie, <laughs> Judd, <laughs> Mark Williams, 
or Luca Bussell. Okay. Who would you place in the inner circle of hell? Oh, I'd put him in the inner circle of hell, Peter Ebden, because he, uh, he used to have a ponytail. And I don't like ponytails. Reminds me of ponies. Do you know Peter I was Ebden? once kicked in the face by a pony in Shetland. Do you know Peter Ebden um, uh, yes, I do. once brought out a single? A single what? Like a record. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. Isn't what it? is it called? It's called it's called I Am a Clown, Blackets Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I am a clown. I am a clown. Bracket literally. <laughs> I used to have a ponytail, but now I'm bald. What do women want? I think women want a massive whopper. <laughs> and I, I've got access to them for Burger King. So Oh dear. Yes. What's the funniest prank call that you ever made? Well, once, when I was in Brisbane, I made a prank call to my friend Joe Perry. And I called him and I said, Hello, this is the Brisbane governor. And I'm phoning to tell you that your car is illegally parked on uh, Melbourne Street. (laughs) And that you need to move it. And my friend Joe, he said, What? My car's in London. I don't even, I've never been to Brisbane. And I said, eh, it's a joke, it's me, Robbo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> How much time do you spend on the toilet when you're doing a poo? Not very long, I'm in and out, right? Because my diet is great, and I just go in, plop, out. In, plop, out? One wipe, and I'm out. Plop, wipe. They call me Dotty Plop. Dotty Ploppy. Plotty Doppy Poppy. They call me Ploppy Dot. They call me Poopy Dot. Dotty the Poop Machine. I'm in. I'm out. I'm wipe. I'm done. I'm in. I'm out. I go back in. I wipe because I forgot. Go out again. One in. One out. One plop dot. One plop dot. Graham, plop the lot, dot. What plop, dot, 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 They call me dotty, plop the dot, dot, the plop, dot, com. (laughs) If you need some taps on plopping, go to www.plopthelot.plop. and successfully did me with a gotcha up the arsehole. I'm still thinking Bilody. Body. Has anyone else got any thoughts? I'm stumped. <laughs> it's not Bilody, I don't know who it is. Might be that Willie Thistle with his big dicky.